Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You are now listening to The War Report Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 165 of the College Loop Podcast. I'm Dylan Lark, at your boy on Twitter slash X, and I am here to congratulate Mr. Prince Tego Wongo for getting his second consecutive Super Bowl ring. Uh, he was not part of the active roster, uh, but he does, in fact, get a ring. He is going to be, <laughs> I think, he's the only Auburn Tiger that was on the Chiefs team, and I think he was the only Tiger. I think we talked about this before. I think he's the only Tiger who was uh, even on either team. So, shout out to Prince Tega for getting his second ring. Uh, officially, might have more rings than a lot of Auburn players all time uh, without really being a key contributing member to that offense. But you know, kudos to him because rings are probably very nice, uh, no matter where you are on the team. He is. Uh, I will say, I think I saw something this past week about him being one of the top players that and during the Gus Malzahn era. I don't completely agree with that. I think he was probably one of the top offensive linemen, but wasn't even the best offensive lineman Gus Malzahn had. That would be Braden Smith. But shout out to Prince Tega. Uh, two Super Bowls is always a nice thing to have. Uh, but to get into uh, more current Auburn news, spring practice has been the schedule of spring practice. There we go. Has been announced. Uh, February 27th, 28th, and 29th are going to be hosting spring practices. And then in March, going to have the 12th, the 14th, the 16th, the 19th, the 21st, the 23rd, the 26th, the 28th, and the 30th of March. And then wrapping it up in April, you're going to have the 2nd, the 4th, and then, of course, A-Day on the 6th, 
So if you're uh, if you want to see Auburn spring practice, of course, we'll be talking about that throughout the entirety of uh, spring practice, which is just four or four, two weeks away as the time this show is coming out. And with two weeks away, I did want to go through my and I, I even went got a little fancy with this one. I got a little banner for this one. I got five things that I want to see from Auburn during spring practice. And just to get right into this one, I want to see these young defensive backs step into the empty holes that were left by the veteran leadership that is now going to the NFL. And as you know, Auburn does have a top recruiting class. And this is not going to be the only time we're going to see Auburn uh, Auburn's recruiting class mentioned in this ranking uh, a system because as it turns out right now, Auburn has, I believe, two defensive backs coming in and Jalen McLeod, uh, Jalen Crawford, a uh, John McLeod, Jalen Crawford and Amon Lane. And of course, bringing in a lot of safeties in Quan Robinson and Kinsley Faustin and Caleb Harris. And of course, Jaron Thompson as well. And of course, also getting Antonio Kite from Alabama, bringing in a lot of experience in Jaron Thompson and bringing in a lot of guys who are pretty new. Uh, Antonio Kite from Alabama didn't really get on the field that much except for special teams. And you got two true freshmen, Ramon Lane and Jalen Crawford, who I think are going to step in very nicely, probably year two, year three, as key contributing members of this uh, defensive backroom. And Kinsley Faustin, Caleb Harris, I don't really see them uh, getting, uh, probably getting redshirted in year one, but you're losing DJ James. You're losing Nehemiah Pritchett. You're losing Jalen Simpson and Zion Puckett. This is a whole new starting lineup uh, of Auburn defensive backs. Your outside guys are going to be Keontae Scott and Kyan Lee looking for a guy on that interior uh, playing the star position. Now that Donovan Kaufman has now left as well. Uh, and of course, safeties, you're looking probably at Jaron Thompson and Laquan Robinson to be your two safeties right there. Uh, it's not a bad group. It's a pretty good group of guys, I must say, but young, inexperienced, that can really draw, uh, that can really hurt in, in the SEC, especially when you're playing against the best of the best every week, uh, especially the wide receiver room, because every SEC team has at least one great wide receiver that you got to worry about at any given time. But yeah, uh, this spring, I really, I'm really paying attention to the defensive backs that that we have coming in. Uh, especially, I, I mean, I'm very interested to see how Keontae Scott uh, emerges as the defensive back number one uh, on the outside because I, I think he played pretty well against Maryland, uh, but just a lot of plays. Just that that whole game didn't go Auburn's way. I just put it that way. I don't want to throw any shade at Keontae Scott's abilities because I, I do think he played very well at the star position and nickel back position. Uh, and it's going to be a true test for him to kind of move back out there. Uh, so it's going to be a lot, a lot different uh, next year. Number four, I have linebacker depth. Uh, this is going at the point where we have Austin Keys and Eugene Asante returning. But last year, there was an issue about who was going to be playing behind him. Well, it was Cam Riley, Eugene Asante, and Larry Nixon the uh, third. Larry Nixon the third is returning, but Cam Riley, Eugene, and uh, Eugene Asante. <laughs> And Wesley Steiner, sorry, are not returning. But Auburn is bringing in uh, Demarcus Riddick, the freshman, four-star linebacker out of Chilton County. Also bringing in Dorian Mousey from the Duke Blue Devils. So bringing in some guys who can fill in that depth. And I do think Auburn improved a lot from that line in the linebacker room. So I'm going to be very interested to see this linebacker room improves under uh, the new leadership of 
DJ Durkin. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I, I do think this linebacker is going to be much improved. And uh, as a depth, as depth wise, kind of hard for it to be any worse, uh, in my opinion. I do think we're going to see a step up in this Auburn defense going into year two of the Hugh Freeze era. Uh, and that's just something that I think is going to be very, very interesting to watch throughout the spring. Uh, and yeah, I'm very excited for DeMarcus Frick. He's one of my favorite uh freshman coming in. I think he's gonna be very talented. He's he's basically and when I think of like linebackers, I want a user in Ansel Bay 25 whenever that game does come out. DeMarcus Riddick is probably that dude that I'm gonna start as a true freshman and I'm going to uh use user him throughout the entirety. He's probably gonna be the guy I break the Auburn career interceptions record with, just being honest with you. And coming to number three, I'm going to go ahead and warn y'all. This is a surprise for me. I don't have anything on the offensive line in this list. I have a surprise one at number two that it's not really a surprise at all. It's just a plea for help. Uh, but at number three, I have chemistry in this wide receiver room. Auburn lost a lot of production at the wide receiver room. Uh, but you kept in Jay Fair. You're keeping Camden Brown. You're keeping a lot of other guys coming in. Uh, and, of course, the tight end room as well is, is loaded as it has been the past – or at least as it was last year. Uh, but you're bringing in guys like Sam Jackson, the fifth. You're bringing in guys like Robert Lewis. And, of course, you cannot forget about the freeze five, Dylan Gentry, Malcolm Simmons, Bryce Kane, Cam Coleman, and Perry Thompson all coming into this wide receiver room. I Unfortunately, Perry Thompson will not be a part of the spring practice. I believe he is going to be rolling the summer. Uh, but you have Cam Coleman, you have Bryce Kane, and I think you have Malcolm Simmons all here of, uh, during over spring. Uh, as well as the other two uh, transfers, Robert Lewis and Sam Jackson, the fifth, who I think are going to emerge uh, as key contributors to this team. Sam Jackson, I expect to see a lot of trickeration with Sam Jackson because of his ability to play quarterback as he did at Cal. But something that we have not seen from an Auburn wide receiver room in some time is a complete group. You didn't have guys who could go on the outside and play well alongside the guys who were very who were very good at the slot. You didn't have the guys in the slot performing well whenever the guys on the outside were doing well. It was just something that you don't really expect from Auburn wide receivers. Uh, it's something that um, – sorry, I got allergies going on. Uh, at, something you don't really see from Auburn offenses very much. You don't really see that complete wide receiver room. You don't see those unified – wide receiver rooms, you kind of just see a guy emerge and then next week he doesn't. And then the next week he does. And then it's just a vicious cycle of never really having your best guys playing their best at any given time. So it's going to be, I think Cam Coleman is a guy I'm looking at right away. He's current, probably going to emerge. And I think I've, we've, I've mentioned it several times. I'm rehashing all stuff I've said before about Cam Coleman and DeMarcus Riddick, a guy I expect to start uh, right away, especially with him being at spring, the spring practices and uh, being around the team this early. Really helps for him. Uh, something that I need, Auburn fans are desperate to see a, a, a true outside threat wide receiver, uh, a, a guy who can emerge as a starter right away. A three year starter is what you want to see out of Cam Coleman. Uh, and, and it's just been some time since all, I, and I'm trying to, I, I'm trying to remember the exact year Mark had happened, but I have never seen a thousand, a thousand yard receiver as an Auburn fan in my entire life. It is not something I've ever seen. I've seen guys get close within three yards close of a thousand yards, but it is not something that I have seen in my lifetime. And it's something I would love to see in my lifetime, but I don't know if it happens this year. I kind of want to, I kind of want to see how it all pans out first, but uh, during the spring, I'm really looking to see some chemistry in that wide receiver room. I want to see everybody meshing. Well, I want to see different formations working. That's just what I want to see as wide receiver room. At number two, this is my little goofy, but not goofy one. Uh, I don't want to see any drama. 
I could have put the offensive line here. I could have. I don't want to see any drama. Uh, it's something I'm probably going to have on every single list from here on out. Uh, it's something that I just, it's happened the past two or three spring practices where something just happened and it, and it just caused a bunch of drama. Uh, and nothing's happened yet. Uh, knocking, knocking on wood. Uh, but it's just something that follows a, a lot of teams around and, and it's something you, you just don't want to see happen, especially early on. Uh, in the spring. So what I would love to not see is drama from Auburn football in the spring. That would just be the best thing ever. Uh, and just getting out of the way, number one, and I feel like I, I am, I think everyone pretty much agrees with this one. I need to see a true quarterback one emerge out of this group after spring. And maybe during, I want to see it during spring. I want to see it before the first, like, uh, the three or four weeks before a day, I want to see one guy taking the the first team snaps. I don't care if it's Peyton Thorne. I don't care if it's Walker White. I don't care if it's Holden Gurner. I don't care who it is. I just need to see a true number one quarterback step into this and step into the mold and get the job done, uh, and just keep their job theirs that's what i want to see out of an auburn quarterback room i need to see one guy as the quarterback uh, and that's something i really really hope to see uh before i want to say before the halfway point of spring I, I know that last year it was the whole debacle about giving the guys you know give give the first give the four guys uh like example, hank brown walker holden and and uh peyton thorne you're going to have probably the four guys battle out, draw it down to three, then draw it down the two, then draw it down the one. I don't think you need to do that. I think you need to find your two guys early and then give them maybe a week and then and don't settle. Stick to your guy at quarterback. Because the issue with Auburn last year doesn't need to be a problem they have this year. When you have your quarterback, stick to them. Uh, we saw the two quarterback system work against lower lower echelon opponents. It's a new year. It's a new SEC. This this schedule is a feasible schedule to work with, but it can only do that if you give the keys to the guy you want to start at quarterback. Do not give him a a, a lease on his starting job. Do not. And this could also be the case if, if something just goes awry, if Peyton Thorne, Holden Gurner, Walker White, uh, Hank Brown enter a quarterback there, uh, starts out to see them rough and just doesn't look good, then yeah, you want to pass on the job. But you need to find a guy right away. That way your season, I don't want to say is saved, but your chemistry is there. You have a team that's behind one guy who is leading the charge of the offense. You don't want to have, again, you don't want to have it said last year. You don't want to have uh, Peyton Thorne going in and getting taken out in the red zone and then putting in, like, I don't know, Walker White or, I, I don't know, Sam Jackson the fifth comes in a quarterback and it becomes red zone Sam Jackson or something along those lines. You don't need to see that anymore. Two quarterbacks, doesn't work. We tried it, doesn't work. I love Robbie Ashford uh, more than a lot of fans do. It, it worked against some teams and did not work well against a lot of teams. Uh, and that's me keeping it very simple and stupid sounding. 
that's just something that Hugh Freeze needs to get into right away. Him, Kent Austin, definitely to work with their guys. Find the guy and stick to him throughout spring, throughout summer, and hopefully into the fall and throughout the season. That is what needs to happen. And those are my five things I want to see during spring practice. And I, I think that's probably a very base list uh, to have. I, I feel like everyone is pretty much going to agree that Outside of offensive line being the one thing I didn't have on this list, it'd definitely be it definitely be like six, uh, close to five ish, because uh, that's just something I, I, it, I it, it, to keep it simple. I mean, I just want to see the entire team come out and perform well. That's what I want to see, uh, but definitely if I had to uh, keeping it simple as as simple gets, uh, I do. This is number one on any list. You want to have your guy at quarterback. And with that, that concludes the football segment of the College Loop Podcast. And before we get into basketball, I want to go ahead and let everybody know thank you all for listening. Thank you all for watching. Uh, this is a lot of fun for all of, for, for us all here at the College Loop. And we want to know if we love you all. And if you want to keep loving us and showing support to us, you can like, comment, and subscribe. You know, Leave your list for your top five things you want to see from Auburn during spring practices. Uh, what is your season prediction on the season we're not going to give ours quite yet it's a little too early for for us to be assuming records in february uh but of course give your list below and of course if you already liked if you already commented you already subscribed there's another way you support the show it's it just cost a little bit of money though but we do have merch it is of course the war poor sponsored feeling loopy branded feeling loopy t-shirt it comes in five different colorways only 25 dollars it's the most comfortable shirt you're ever going to buy every single person that has worn this shirt has agreed that this shirt is the most comfortable shirt you're ever going to wear in your entire life it is just gorgeous it's beautiful best shirt ever i I, i've heard several doctors tell me like hey we have we have prescribed this shirt to patients to kind of help because uh, you know you get get you get those very uncomfortable shirts that kind of make you itchy. Uh, they don't keep in sweat. You know this shirt does that. This does all that that stuff. Uh, and the little byline here that uh, uh, for saying other stuff. Uh, but most comfortable shirt you're ever going to buy in your entire life. And of course, whenever you get your shirt, tweet at us, Facebook us, Instagram us, whatever you want to do. Hashtag feeling loopy, feeling without the G. And of course, tag us as well. And when we see it, we will put it up on the next show to show some support for you showing support to us. So, of course, get your own film loopy t-shirt today. And, of course, with that, Auburn basketball. AP poll came out yesterday. They have dropped from 12 to 13, which I think is very generous considering what game we all watched this past weekend against Florida. I mean, I... There's been it's been a while since I have screamed that heavily at Auburn basketball on my TV, uh, and by that I mean it happened a couple weeks ago against Mississippi State and Alabama. That 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 this game was very very close to being as bad as those two games were, but I think this one might have been a little bit worse because this Florida team, they're weird. They're a weird team. They're very weird. They're they're tournament level some days. They are less than NIT some other days. It's a very weird group, uh, but Bruce Pearl just struggles. And uh, I can't say Bruce Pearl. Auburn struggles to win in Gainesville. It's just something that doesn't really happen. It's not happened since 1996 now. Auburn has not won in Gainesville since 1996. They still lead in the all-time record 
against Florida, but they've not won in Gainesville since 1996. Auburn lost 81 to 65. I'm not going to spend too much time on this game because this game uh, is annoying. I will say out of the five losses Auburn has suffered this season, three of which have become have been because Auburn scored 65 or less points. The only outliers of that being against Baylor and Alabama. Uh, but looking at this game, I mean, it you had Trey Donaldson come off one of the best games of his career and then turn around and put up four points uh, with three turnovers. Uh, that that really paints a picture right there. Jalen Williams only had six points in this game. Uh, you had Don Carl only had put up a four for four on his. You had Jamie Johnson, who had a very good game, almost was one point short of a double double. Jamie Johnson still in the upward trend, uh, which is, be- is better. It was the best I can say about some of these other players uh, that played against Florida. Uh, Chad Baker Bazaar put up a quiet six, seven, and four. It. The thing is, it's just not that. It's not Florida played better. Or Florida, Florida played played better. They had a historic night. Uh, scoring-wise. I mean, they were shooting better than ever from the three-point line. They were making 4% of their shots, and it can't help but that one of their bench players came off and put up 22 points, gave up 22 Will Clay- or Clayton Jr., and then 19 to pull in. I mean, three guys right there beat you. That's all that happened. I mean, without with those three guys right there, that is uh, – it would be a, it was 61 is if my math is correct 61 points just through three guys uh and auburn just couldn't get it done uh stupid turnovers after stupid turnovers auburn had 15 turnovers to florida's seven and auburn also had two blocks to florida's seven uh auburn had one steal to florida's 10 and auburn got out rebounded only by two, but Auburn got rebounded. Uh, this is just the game that should not happen uh, if you're Auburn. If you're a team that's being, uh, there's been a lot of fans, and I'm going to call out the fan base that I support. A lot of fans have been using the Ken Palm stuff and some of the other rankings to kind of defend the team. When I I understand it, but also on the other side, it's hard for me to defend that game. Uh, that that is a game that was bad front to back. Get out to 26 in the first quarter. And you just couldn't get back in it. Uh, I think I, I can't. I think the closest Auburn got with them was six. Uh, once Florida started running away with it, and the, and the game was the game was had within the first like ten minutes, uh, two the two minutes of the game. I mean, this is just not a game that Auburn had a chance to win uh, from start to finish. And uh, coming into this week, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but Auburn plays two t- top twenty-five opponents this week. Uh, they go. They're going to play game. They're going to have the game day game. College game day is going to Neville Arena this weekend to watch Auburn play Kentucky. So Pearlville is back, uh, Kentucky edition this time around. And then they also play South Carolina uh, on uh, tomorrow on the fourteenth Valentine's Day. Uh, Auburn currently favored to win that game, uh, and right now it's. I think it's only because Auburn is playing in Neville Arena. That is the only reason. I think why Auburn is favored to win this game. Currently, South Carolina is number eleven ranked team in the country. They're playing as one. Of, they're, they're they're the best team in the SEC right now, as per their overall record and as per their SEC record. They're tied to Alabama right now for first place, uh, and they just have dudes. Uh, Michi Johnson averaging fourteen a game. They have BJ Mack averaging five rebounds a game. Taylor Cooper four assists. Uh, 
the thing is like blocking on the blocking end, defensive end. I, I think Auburn has this game. And this is if, 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 if and that's not me stuttering. That is me completely saying if Auburn keeps it, Auburn gets back to where they were. I, and I know that Auburn plays differently whenever they're in Neville Arena, and it's a scary thing to think about because. Every single one of your best games are in Neville Arena, but all your worst games are outside Neville Arena. If you're going into the SEC tournament, which is in a couple of weeks, you're going into March Madness, which is in five weeks. Uh, I'm looking at it like you got to prepare yourself to play in a non-Auburn-oriented environment. You got to find playing in Tuscaloosa. Auburn looked rough playing in Starkville. Auburn looked rough playing in Oxford. Auburn looked rough for a little bit of that game. It, it, it was just, and I'm just done talking about the game in Gainesville, but looking at the rest of the schedule, I mean, Auburn has three more away games. They after Kentucky on Saturday, they go to Athens. Then they go to Knoxville. Then they, of course they play Mississippi State at home, which I think favors Auburn a lot. And then they have Missouri away, which that game is going to be hopefully easy and cross my heart. Uh, and Georgia, of course, uh, wraps up the season. But looking at the South Carolina game, I, I, I do think Auburn is going to win this game. Let me put it. Let me put that nicely. I think Auburn is going to win this game. But if there were, if there was a game in this season, in this athletic school year that Auburn men's basketball were to lose in Neville Arena, it would be against this South Carolina team because I do think the South Carolina team is legit. Uh, they are a team that carries that very well. They have who is who should be, if not, it, it is rigged uh, SEC Coach of the Year right now who has turned this team around in a hot minute or a quick minute. Auburn needs to find a way to lock – South Carolina down from the perimeter. Right now, their four leading scorers are averaging 33, 31, 45, and 40 from the three-point line. Those are really good numbers. Uh, and Auburn needs to find a way to shut that down. Uh, and this South Carolina team, not very good at the free throw line, 71%. Uh, even their leading scores right now is 81, 76, 75, and 68 Keep them from shooting the three. This is going to be the same kind of strategy you took against Alabama. Keep them from shooting the three. The South Carolina team is going to be very good. I do think Auburn's win this game probably, I want to say, 80 to 74. I'm going to give Auburn a six-point win here. Uh, but this game is going to be tough. Uh, and it's going to be hard fought. I don't think it's going to be a blowout win. Uh, and, yeah, knock on wood. hope I'm wrong. I would love it to be. I don't like hiding my fandom very much, uh, but I do hope it's a blowout, but I don't think it will be uh, just because the South Carolina team is that good. And I, I, I'm i worried about the the looming Kentucky in the background that might be have some Auburn players looking forward uh, for that giant game that's going to be going on as well. But I, I do think Auburn's going to be prepared for this game. I think it's going to look rough uh, from start to finish, but I do think Auburn's going to win the game by six. Uh, and women's basketball news. Auburn took down Como, uh, that being Missouri, 70 to 59 behind the shooting of one on Scott Grayson, who put up 24 points. You also had Jemiah Mingo Young put up a 10 point, 11 rebound double double. 
which those two have been playing out of their minds throughout the entire season. And no shocker there. Uh, they just locked down uh, Missouri from every point of the game, uh, except for the three-point line, of course, because Missouri shot 37% from the, from the three-point line. Uh, but was able to contest shots. Uh, this team is very uh, – Coach Jay has his team defensively, has them very prepared every single game, uh, and they look that way. Offensively, once they're, when they're consistent, they are a team to be worried about, uh, no matter who you are in the SEC, except for maybe South Carolina. Uh, but this team will be taking on Kentucky on the 15th. That is going to be Thursday, and we will have a whole – uh, preview for that game on the Thursday show. So shout out Coach Jay and Co. They are right now, as it stands, 10th in the SEC. They are one game behind Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Texas A&M, and two games behind. I love it. The rest of the day. Two or more behind. But the, one, two games away from being top seven in the SEC. And I find that extremely impressive from Coach Jay and Co. Uh, a team that I don't find as impressive from this past weekend. Uh, before I get to them, I'll go ahead and give get happy news. Uh, Auburn baseball plays this weekend. Uh, and the bad news about that uh, is Auburn softball played last weekend, and it was it was rough. Uh, it was it was very very rough. Uh, sadly, you couldn't watch these games because uh, you know top twenty five matchups in softball apparently don't deserve to get broadcast on ESPN, which is stupid. Uh, but Auburn and Virginia Tech, they were tied one-to-one for a good chunk of this game. They went to extra innings, and then Virginia Tech just came out of that the top of the eighth just absolutely just cranking balls over the uh, – they had a grand slam, uh, and I, I think another, like another home run or whatever, but one eight-to-one, scored seven runs, seven runs in the eighth inning. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, it was just not a good look from from Robert's pitching uh, pitching rotation. It, they all they gave up in total thirteen runs this weekend. Uh, sorry, fourteen runs this weekend. Uh, they beat Belmont on Friday, which they should always beat Belmont six to one. Uh, and then of course they tied Virginia Tech due to weather. Uh, and that game was the game I was very I was okay with being a tie uh, because I was very worried about. Virginia Tech coming back and winning that game again. Uh, and then the last two games of the Tiger Invitational were canceled. So Auburn starts off the season 1-1-1, one, one, and one, uh, which not the best start, but you're a new-looking new team. Uh, so can't expect every game to be a win. I was very much wrong about this. I'll own up to that. I was very wrong. Uh, but give this team some time. They're going to mesh very well together. Amelia Leck already looking very good. Kiki McCrary. Looked, looked uh, from the batting side of things, didn't look the best in the first game, but then quickly turned it around. Uh, when Amelia Leck and Kiki McCurry now lead the team with two home runs each. Uh, also at Isis Trestvik, he played very well throughout the three games that Auburn was able to play. Uh, all you got to do is just get it all together, and you have, uh, you're heading to Mexico this, this week uh, for the Puerto Vallarta College Challenge. So, It'll be a lot of fun for that one. Uh, we'll have a full preview of that, of course, for the Thursday show. And of course, it is without cannot without go without mentioning the fact that Auburn has a weekend series against Eastern Kentucky this Friday through Sunday. So we'll have a full preview of that as well on the Thursday show. So 
Diamond Sports are back in Auburn, Alabama. And then to wrap up the show, we got gymnastics to talk about, which I was happily uh, there in Neville Arena to watch the absolute shellacking that was Auburn Gymnastics over Alabama. Uh, number 14 beat number 7 by 0.7 or 0.675, which if you're not aware in gymnastics terms, that is a blowout. Uh, so huge ups to Auburn Gymnastics. They were ridiculous. Cassie Stevens, yet again, won the all-around. I believe that is her third all-round of the season. Uh, she is absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. And I got to say, whoever the judge was on the other side uh, of Cassie's beam routine, who saw the one judge give her a 10 and decided to not give her a 10, uh, I hate you. So I hate you. Gave her a 9950 for what was a 10 and cheated her out of that 10. I I don't like you, whoever you are, the judge that did that. I don't I don't like you very much. But Auburn absolutely came out of the gun of this just on fire. The vault was immaculate. It, it was I, I it's been a while since I've sat down and watched Auburn gymnastics absolutely just own the vault. Uh like one after the other, after the other, after the other. All six looked very good on vault. And then it moved over to bars. And, you know, you're never worried about Auburn on the bars. Uh, and they just looked great again. Then Beam came around. And they Cassie Stevens stole the show on Beam. And then Floor. And then they all looked great on Floor. There were so many nine nines all over the place. It was just wild. Nine eights. Nine nines. I think the lowest Auburn player got was nine seven. That I can remember top of my head. This team looked like the team that we were expect we expect Auburn Gymnastics to look like every year. And they'll be going against number three LSU on Friday. But they just put up their best score of the season against Alabama. And I got I gotta say, uh, this without mentioning, I gotta say, say a huge thank you to Auburn Gymnastics because I took my beautiful girlfriend Lauren there. Uh, we try to go to like a gym meet at, uh, at least one gym meet a year. And we went to this game, we went to this meet. And Lauren was able to experience her first ever reverse rammer jammer, which is a beautiful, beautiful thing to do, no matter what it is. Uh, we saw Sophia growth, Sophia growth, Cassie Stevens, the rest of the gymnastics doing the crimson crane after beating Alabama. It, it was just awesome. Uh, start to finish, I, even the walkout. I got a nice, I got a nice little loot uh, of Auburn merch because I was so hyped up. Nothing to make me want to buy Auburn stuff more than watching Auburn gymnastics absolutely own Alabama or watching Auburn own Alabama. Anything will really uh, get the, get the juices to flow in for those. stuff. but yeah, uh, Auburn absolutely owned this meet. Uh, and, and it was just awesome. Uh, it's just a beautiful thing to see. Uh, but yeah, that is all I have for the show today. I'm Dylan Lark. I will take on Twitter slash X. Uh, that's going to be at Y-A-B-O-I, the tank. Also, have Instagram as well, at Dylan Lark, at D-Y-L-E-N-L-A-R-C-K. It's just my name. So if you see it right right there, you can just spell it out. So Twitter is right there. Also, if you're looking for me, you can find me on the College Loop, which is right here on YouTube. It's like comment, sub- like, comment, and subscribe. Again, leave your thoughts on what you want to see from Auburn Spring practices coming up very, very soon. And of course, you also have us on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, The Works, all of those at The College Loop. If you can help spelling that, it's the title 
of the video. It's also down below next to the subscribe button. It's also right up, right up there as well. And it's back there, right there, the Leo one right there. Uh, but of course, with all that being said, don't forget that if you're tired of hearing our, seeing our faces, there's also the audio version of the show as well. Spotify, Podcast, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. And now, with all that being said, this has been the College Loop Podcast. Where are you going?